Hi, friends. Hello, should I delete that, listeners? We still have some tickets left for our live tour and we would absolutely love to see you there. On Thursday, the 23rd of May, we will be performing in the London Islington Assembly Hall. On Monday, the 27th of May, we will be in Salford. On Tuesday, the 28th of May, we'll be in Glasgow. Sunday, the 2nd of June, Birmingham. Monday, the 3rd of June, Bristol. And Tuesday, the 4th of June in Southampton. You can get your tickets at aegpresents.co.uk or via the link in the show notes or our Instagram bios. We really hope we see you there. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. We are so happy and proud that this episode is sponsored by Butternut Box, a brand that we love for many reasons. As you'll probably already know if you follow us both on Instagram, Butternut Box is a fresh dog food delivery service that delivers straight to your door and takes into consideration all of your dog's dietary needs. The brand started with a rescue dog, which we obviously love, and Betty and Boa have absolutely thrived on it. Butternut Box genuinely care about their dogs and their ethos is that good enough for the dog is not good enough. Dogs deserve better. The meals are comprised of quality meat, veg, lentils, vitamins and minerals and don't contain any grain, wheat, gluten, corn, soy or sugar, all of which are known to cause intolerances in dogs. We haven't been asked to say this, but we wanted to highlight the huge amount of work that Butternut Box do with dog charities. They donate meals to dogs in shelters and they even donate freezers so that the shelters can store the meals. If you would like to try Butternut Box out for your dog, you can get 50% off your first two boxes with the following link. www.butternutbox.com forward slash Alex and M. Oh my God, why did I post that? Ah, I don't know what to do. Should I delete that? Yeah, you should definitely delete that. <laughs> Hello, sorry, I can't talk to you right now. I'm actually influencing. Somebody just asked where my dress is from. Um, <laughs> so, well, that's on my address. <laughs> I was like, probably don't give that. <laughs> no, give, give it straight away. Um, yeah, someone just asked me where my dress is. I'm, I've taken this so seriously the be cool thing and I've done yeah. it that's my good straight in look how cool I look today you look really cool today. I know you've got a, a high pony plait thank you high pony plait well I was gonna wash my hair this morning but I actually realized I left my shampoo and conditioner in the hotel that I stayed at on Saturday night so I couldn't wash my hair so that's okay. what this is but that's nice. like I digress works, so. I agree um and I'm in a cos dress and I don't know if you remember but when we interviewed Candice Brathwaite she describes herself as being a cos girl. And since then, I've had that dream echoed around my own mind, thinking, God, I would love that for myself. And now I'm here. I'm wearing a cos dress. And I someone's asked cos. where it's from. And I was able to say, it's, it's from a cos. cos. Yeah, it's from I cos. Love cos. It's so expensive, but so worth it. I've, I, okay, so I'm not very good at spending money on clothes, particularly. Mm. Like, well, I'm not very good, I'm not very comfortable spending money. But with clothes, I was just, and with this, I remember telling you, I, it was like I had to absolve. I felt like, I felt like a sinning Catholic. I was like, I had to tell loads of people what I'd done. I had to be like, I've, um, 
I've, I've bought some clothes, but but hear me out. This is why I think they're going to last like season to season. And I really had to like rationalize it. And like I told loads of people that is good. It's it's a jumper dress. What you, for context to everyone listening, it's a jumper dress. Yeah, short um, sleeve, camel colored jumper dress. I've never worn anything camel in my life, but I, I feel camel. like I'm growing up. Yeah, it's it's so chic, so chic, so chic. Because I just think of the like Burberry trend. Over. No, you didn't no, I didn't one. bring a jacket because it's quite hot. Yeah. I think I might have made a. T- it's a wool blend, which um, might have been an error, given that it's yeah, quite hot. Um, but that don't with some over the knee. Uh, sorry, with some knee high boots, with the chunky boots, chunky with boots. chunky boots. Yeah, cool. which is still wrecking my feet. But do I care? No. Will I stop? I no. Know. Do you know what? I've got a pair from last year. From I think they were. I can't remember from maybe Zara. Um, but I can't wear them. They're killer. You know what, Alex? What I've worked out, and I've really sat with this over the last few weeks since we decided to be cool. Mm. If it was easy, everybody Mm. would do it. So, 100%. I'm pushing through. I'm persevering. My feet look very sad. They're just bleeding. (laughs) Like, everywhere. (laughs) Don't even care. Um, Hello. Loudly into the microphone. I'm so sorry. It was my tea. I took a big slurp and I swallowed it very loudly, so I'm so sorry. There's another noise that we need to address. My birth. No, well, yeah. Well, well, we're recording in a train station. So if you hear a noise, like a train. We are literally recording at the bottom of a train station. It's very cool, though. Very cool. It's the Waterloo Podcast Project. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, and we're in a nice little booth all together. Um, yes, which is why it's so fucking rank in this windowless booth with the door shut. And at the beginning of the podcast, Alex had the biggest burp. And then her fucking sister, rather than reprimanding her, which she, she would have been right to do. She's well, in. thank you for transitioning me nicely to a DM that I wanted to read out because I feel vindicated. Okay. And I feel like I've got someone on my side, right? Hey, just sitting and eating grapes. And it made me think of yesterday's podcast. (laughs) Just wanted to say, I hope you called Em out for eating, for talking whilst eating, especially seeing as she calls you out on your burps, which I personally find much less offensive. I got so much shit for eating grapes. Love you both, the podcast and everything you stand for, minus the gross half Fair enough. Fair enough. I, like I, I listened to a bit of that back because I got a lot of shit in my DM. Did like, you? you are fucking disgusting. And I was like, oh god, what have I done? I was so hungry. I but I did eat a whole this. box of grapes while we were recording. So um, okay. Yes, in my goods, just that I'm fashionable. That's it. Just like, I'm just I'm fucking delighted I'm with how this has gone. Yeah. I've, I honestly, I okay, just want love I want here. everyone to know that I'm not playing it cool yeah. about how cool that I look. And you I, put up a reel today so everyone will be able to see. How cool I am. Yeah. I know. On I, Monday. So they're listening on Monday. If you go back to Thursday, you'll see Em's reel. And that's yeah. What she's wearing. And I'm cool. And that's <laughs> and it. You are cool. Thanks. <laughs> it's hard to sustain though because I've got today's outfit sorted and then I'm like, fuck, what am I going to wear tomorrow? Yeah. <sighs> I think some people love the cre- creativity of that and like experimenting and putting things together. But I just don't leave enough time in the morning to enjoy that part things no and i think like it's too like rooted in the memories of like changing room horrors gone by like i don't find yeah. getting dressed it's a bit triggering fun yeah i yeah. just find it like oh you know i have to say daisy our producer obviously never wears the same outfit twice i've literally never seen her in the same outfit and it's always something different and very cool and i feel like you are one of those people that enjoy experimenting and like putting different things together and i see it i see you I just want you to know. There you go. I concur. I wear the same thing over and over and over again. They are cool though, what you wear. It's just, but I like that you wear it over and over again. Yeah. It needs to identify the variation of the same thing. My sister showed up today to meet me to come in in a denim shirt, a leopard print skirt, and Converse. And I was like, Jen. This is the uniform. (laughs) 
<laughs> she said she asked. She's um, whispering, I asked. <laughs> but this is, this is how I ended up with the faux pas in Itsu the other day. I know because 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 of the light the light lady uniform. Too many anybody wearing a leopard print skirt and the amount of sisters you have <laughs> like the chances probability suggests it's one of you guys. <laughs> okay, so you're good. Is it your call? Yeah. Um, my good is uh, a bit of a cringy one, but I saw my book out in the wild in New York. Had a bit of a moment. It was really exciting. Um, it was just like a. And, and you know what? We really thought long and hard about going to New York. Um, so, yeah, it was difficult to justify. And we spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time going back and forth on it. But I'm so happy that we did because I knew it was a once in a lifetime thing. Like, that will never happen again. <laughs> They're like, oh, you never know. And I'm like, don't be daft. Like, that will never happen again. That I, Like, something that I wrote will be sold, like, in the States. So I'm glad we did it. It was, like, a very pinch me moment. I obviously cried when I saw it. And, yeah. How's that? Did you see anyone buy it? No. Oh, sorry. I was teeing you up for like an even better good. No, but... no. There didn't seem to be that much interest surrounding it, but that's okay. It was a big store and there were lots of books in there. Fuckers. <laughs> Fuckers. They did ask me to sign it though. I did I did I did sign some copies. That's so that was very good. cool. Yeah. You will get a message soon, I'm sure, from somebody being like, Hi, I got this as a Christmas present. Who are you? <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Um, it's well, actually, the, the shop assistant was, she she came over, it, it was really nice, she came over to me and she was like, oh, my colleague t- told me you were here because we had a group of girls come in to buy this because they couldn't, because they hadn't been able to get their hands on it yet and it had just come. And she was like, normally I don't read books in this area, but it kind of caught my eye and I love it. And I was like, oh my God, I fucking love That's you. That's so cool. I know, and then she messaged me after on DMs and like... I've got a New York friend now, so... Yeah, I you've know. got a friend to hang out with when you go to New York. I know. I, probably never again. Uh, so, yeah, that was cool. That's that cool. so cool. I'm really proud good. of you. I think that's really exciting. Thanks. And also, it's really hard to, like, it's, to remember that, like, your work reaches other people. Or, like, I don't know. Cause yeah. it's and, and I think, as well, because, like, we did so much of, our, of what we do during lockdown, where there's, like, no human interaction beyond screen stuff. Totally. It's really weird when you go out into the world and there's, like, real-life people. Because yeah. it's it's so easy to think that, like, either that there's nobody actually there or, like, the numbers are unquantifiable or yeah. that people actually all secretly hate you. Like, that's what I think, just because, you know, gossip is so prevalent or whatever. And there is that side of influencing that's just so shit. So you always think, oh, God, everybody hates me. And then you just realise, actually, most people are really nice and normal and there are just some lovely souls out there and, like, how lucky yeah. are we? So, just, like, so meet lo- lovely so people. Nice. Yeah. It's so true. That is so true. It, it, I mean... That's the weird thing about about social media, isn't it? It's just that it's so un... I don't know if the word is, like, unquantifiable, but, like, un... Can't wrap your head around it. You just can't wrap your head around it. And it doesn't, like... I, I can't translate online to real life. Like, I just can't... Which is why we're so sure when we do our live show that no one's going to come. It's, it's why when, when, whenever anyone like, does come up to us or whatever, I'm like, oh, my God, are you sure? Yeah. Like, are you actually sure? Are you here for us? Someone asked us for a photo the other day, and I was just like, what, me? And it was just, like, but why? I was, like, holding the camera up for ages, and I was like, oh, me? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. It just, fit, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's weird. So, anyway. I've got an update on my cool that. fashion. Go on. So it's a wool dress, and Is I put itchy? body oil on this morning, and I think it's all gone, like, Sticky. Yeah, um, I feel like I'm gonna look like a boy's belly button afterwards. You know, we talked about like the belly button uh, fluff that they accumulate. I think that might be happening uh, all over my body. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take it off and I'm gonna look like a goat. <laughs> Literally, like, off fur. Yeah, just like a thin, thin layer. Hit me with your bad. Okay, so my bad is just 
for England, like for the UK. I've just, and I, this might be controversial, I think I might get us cancelled and I'm sorry for oh, saying this. God. I'm just going to do it. I don't understand why everyone's so pissed off with Holly and Phil. I think it's fucking ridiculous that Holly is literally... Oh my God. Like, I, and she's being dragged worse than Phil. I was talking about the site right. last night. Yeah, okay. Like, oh, like, but everything. I just feel like everybody in the UK is so angry right now. I feel like the government's a fucking disaster, but people are misplacing their rightful anger and fear. You know, we are being like threatened with like nuclear war. We're being like forced into a period of mourning that a lot of people didn't want to observe. The energy bills are really, really high, like and getting higher. And it just feels like a terrifying time. But instead of being angry at the government, which just feels so hopeless because what's the point in being angry at the same government we've had for 12 fucking years? Like, no one's doing anything or going anywhere. We can't be angry at them because it's just a sense of apathy that's just like, well, we could be angry with you and you'll do fuck all about it. So I think everybody's just getting so angry with everybody else. Yeah. And I get that people are a little bit annoyed. With for me, I'm still like, they were working. It's like, they were working. Yeah. So if you don't know... The Queen lay in state, right? The Queen died. Guys, if you don't know, the Queen died. Um, (laughs) Oh my God, what? It was huge. Anyway, she died and they put her coffin in um, Westminster and you could go and visit. And people were queuing for fucking ages to visit her body lying in state, right? I think the queue at one point was like 13 hours long and it went all the way back to like Southwark Park and people were queuing through the night. One of the people that queued through the night was David Beckham. It was 13 hours and he stood in the queue. And everyone is like, oh my God, props to Bex, props to Bex. My friend Rory is staying with us at the moment. And he pointed out last night, he was like, if he, if David Beckham was a woman, it would have been, well, she must be having a book coming out today. We'll see what she was wearing. Bit fucking desperate to do something like that. Bit of a PR stunt. Well, she obviously right. wanted the paps to see her. How tragic. Like, she'd have, also, been, they'd have found a bad thing. But also, everyone is like suddenly glossing over the fact that he's taken £150 million to be an ambassador for Qatar. Oh, didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah didn't even he's, know that. He's, he's just like it's just it's he's now like promoting Qatar. Yeah, fun. And yet we don't care about that. But it's like he stood in the queue. Great. Yeah, great. Like, like yeah, patriotic British. Like he's a hero. Big and then, deal. So did so, so did so some other people. Yeah, and they used it as a massive comparison to cancer. And it is Holly predominantly. I honestly, like I nearly DM'd her last night if she doesn't follow me. I nearly just DM'd her being like, stay strong, babe. Because I, I feel so sorry for her. Because, so one clip, right, of her and, uh, can I call him Phil? Yeah, I was like, is he Philip? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Phil to his mates. Um, Holly and Phil walking in, right? And the person videoing it, because it went viral on TikTok, the person videoing it isn't saying, look at those fucking huge jumpers, what bitches. They're saying, um, um, oh, they must be off to go and do some interviews, which is 100% what they were doing. Like, they didn't, they weren't like, let's not do work today. Let's go jump the queue and visit the dead queen. They will have been sent there by ITV to go and do their jobs, which is broadcasting from the biggest news story in the UK ever. So I just, anyway, there's a petition. It's had 33,000 signatures as of now. To have them fired. ITV have had to put out a statement. Bloody Eamon Holmes, who's also on ITV, has gone for them. I mean, but they are being... Like, 33,000 people have signed that petition. 35,000. That is unbelievable to me. I just think it's a crazy misplaced anger. So misplaced. And talk about wasting our precious everything on something that really doesn't fucking matter. I actually, just before we got here this morning, I read an article about it that was so vile. It was by Dan Wotton, who is a journalist that I have very, very little respect for anyway. Dan Wotton. 
Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby have taken us for fools. Despite their protests, we know they jumped the Great Elizabeth Line, and this PR car crash proves they really do think they're better than us. And the whole article is so rank, it's absolutely rank, and it's had 2.4 thousand shares, there's hundreds of comments. This is, I don't mean to be dramatic, but this will, this, she's a mother, this is enough to kill a person. This witch hunt, and I hate using that term, that we do, we get our claws into somebody and we will not fucking stop until they are in tatters. And what did they do? They were sent by ITV. I am willing to bet every cool cos dress that I ever own for the rest of forever and all the money that I earn to buy them with, that they were sent to that queue by ITV to do their fucking jobs. Right, of course. They, it wasn't their well, idea. But but also, this this is like what Jamila talked about as well, how like we like to build yeah. women up and then the moment they, well, we perceive that they put a foot out of place, they're, they're a goner. Yeah. Like, she, the, this this article as well is, is so disgusting. It's talking about how like, Oh, she wore a mask, obviously, to disguise herself. She's standing with Philip Schofield. She's very clearly Holly Willoughby. She's got bright blonde hair. I don't think she was thinking the mask was going to be this, like, Harry Potter invisible <laughs> cloak. Yeah, yeah no, no one's ever going to see her. It's just disgusting. Like, If she wasn't wearing a mask, though, she'd be done for not caring about the welfare of the people that surround her during what is still a global pandemic. Like, but don't you think this is, this is like, what Jimena talked 100%. about? Like, she's the nation's sweetheart. Yeah. Everyone's obsessed with yeah. her. Like, she's she's... She makes us laugh every yeah. morning. She's this like... And there's been so many examples of this happening this week, which is why I'm just so ashamed to be British, which is not an uncommon feeling. Unfortunately, it's getting more and more common with every fucking day that passes. How people have been about Meghan Markle makes me genuinely, genuinely want to scream because I will say it until I'm blue in the face. I don't care what you think of her as a person. If you are so lacking in empathy and humanity that you think what's happening to her is okay, then there's something fucking wrong with you. Like I can't, I can't understand that there's anybody justifying the way that we speak about her. And then we've also had Camilla and Diana being pipped against each other like being sorry I've got a twitch in my eye I think it's the stress of being British at this time um but we've had I've just been on bloody TikTok and it's just been like photos of Camilla uh, Parker Bowles uh, queen consort now versus Diana and I'm not being funny but Diana died 30 years ago obviously Diana looks fitter than Camilla because she died when she was 30 and Camilla's in her 60s. So it's like they're putting this photo, it's like the woman he left her for, the woman that he, like, and then the woman that he left. And it's like, this is, this is bonkers. And they've done it with Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle, what they were wearing, who grieved better, who behaved better. They've got this, everybody's making this massive beef that they've got on the death stairs and reading into the body language, which I just don't actually think is happening. And then putting Camilla against somebody who died 30 years ago, which is in in and of itself obscene. And then this happening to Holly Willoughby. And I'm just like, why do we hate women? I saw an article as well, the the best and worst outfits at the Queen's funeral. No. Again, centred around the princesses, Eugenie and Beatrice. 100%. It would have been like, what, Prince Harry not being allowed to wear his military uniform despite serving a vital role in Afghanistan on numerous tours. That yeah. pissed me off. Can you tell? I've got a real bug up my ass about but this. Honestly, I, I feel like since the Queen has died, social media has been really, really horrible, like a really horrible place yeah. to be. So I was actually, I wasn't in the UK when, during the funeral. And I have to say that it was really nice to take, to, to not have, not see the media 
and social media less because it yeah. was just brutal. The whole thing felt brutal. We, I said before, we've got a lot of reasons to be angry in the UK at the moment. Like, and it does feel like me and Alex, boy Alex, watched the news last night and it's bloody Putin, like genuinely threatening nuclear stuff. And he said, I'm not bluffing. And then you've got all these people saying, well, hopefully the fact that he said he's not bl- he isn't bluffing probably means that he is bluffing. And I'm like, this is a terrifying strategy, but okay. Like, I, I do get that we have very real fears and concerns mm. and anger. And like, I have been listening to the new news every morning. Therese Coffey, who is the new health secretary and um, and deputy prime minister, has is saying some shit. And like, Liz Truss is threatening. I'm so disappointed the online harms bill was getting so close to being crossed and now she's blocking certain bits of it. And it's just like, it's so frustrating. There are so many things that we do need to be angry about this like trickle down economic policy, which just sounds like an absolute joke. I don't know. But I completely get that we don't have a good outlet with the government because we can't say you have to go because we've been saying that for 12 years and nothing's changing. And we don't have a like, where's Keir Starmer? Where's Keir Starmer? All the time. I'm just like, come on, say something, buddy. I don't know. but So I do get why everybody's angry, but I just feel like women in the public eye bear the brunt of the nation's anger every time and it's actually yeah. obscene like i i just i don't think they're going to stop until i mean what do they want from hollywood what do they want do, you want, do they want to fired never work again they wanted to, to fall into a depression do they want to kill herself yeah when will they be satisfied because we have not fucking learned from what happened to caroline flack and, and we won't learn we're not like this is and watching it with that perspective is like we you're yeah. going to kill someone and people just can't stop. And I find it so distressing. Yeah. It's so it's, bad. It has it has been really horrible. Like, I am not enjoying the news right now. No. I mean, like, we never enjoy the news, I guess. But it just feels... Because even if you don't like the monarchy, or you don't like Holly and Phil, or you don't like Meghan Markle, I'd suggest that you don't like Meghan Markle because you've been conditioned not to like Meghan Markle, but that's something for another day. But, like, all these things that we don't like, it's just like, okay, so we don't like them. Do we want them dead? Do we want them in right, pain? Right. Do we want them burning? Or can we just not like... I don't know. I mean, I know the monarchy's a bit different, but like these individual people that yeah. we don't like, it's like... And it's and okay to... End goal. It's okay to not like people and not not externalise, like not vocalise that, you know? Yeah. We can just think, oh, I don't like that person. But you don't need to put it on social media, start a Make group sure around Make sure everybody else doesn't it. like them too. Exactly. Point out everything that they have done and do continue to do wrong. Yeah. It's like why yeah it's just a, a massive like m- misdirection of of energy and yeah. like you said anger so yeah actually that's my bad as well there yeah we it's just super bad i don't know yeah. super bad that's a great song by Nicki minaj <laughs> i was gonna say that sounds <laughs> familiar, familiar yeah. to get into it yeah. what super bass fuck never mind right well i'm not cool not cool i've lost it damn You've it cool points gone cool for like 10 minutes uh, um. <laughs> i'm so uh, that's me to a t cool until she opens her mouth <laughs> um. and snorts um okay yeah, yeah so i mean i've okay. probably just got us both cancelled for that rant so sorry but it's been good thanks, while it lasted thanks for that, bro. <laughs> awkward should we bring ourselves back up yeah my awkward should have come straight after my good yeah to immediately humble myself because i felt like i really put myself up there yeah, you on did. a little pedestal totally, yeah you flew I, I just said pedestal <laughs> and actually that's quite cute it's better than pedestal isn't it a pedis- pedestal isn't it a pedestal it's a pedestal what p-e-d-e-s-t-a-l 
S T A L. What? It should be a pedestal. Do you think it's a pedestal? I thought it was a pedestal. <laughs> like you're on a stool. Like you're elevated well, above it, everybody it actually else does make because sense. you're on a stool. Pedestal. Ped- pedestal. It's a pedestal. What the fuck's a pedestal? I don't know, but actually, that it, it definitely does make more sense. Of course, it also, makes more sense. Why is my whole life a lie? Why do I have so al- many? Also, things? when you go into the when you go into the nail shop, you can sit on a pedestal. Yeah. Okay. You were really happy I with that. Just, yeah. But again, I don't know. You're I feel like a... I had a silent laugh. But <laughs> whatever. There is a button over there, I think, for laughter. Oh my god! Do you there want is? to press that? Okay. Say it again. When you go into the nail bar. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, so when you go into the nail bar and you want to get your feet done, you can sit on a pedestal. Oh, it's this. Try again. Okay. Okay, so when... When you go into a nail bar and you want to get your feet done, you can go and sit on a pedestal. <laughs> oh, this is going to be all day, isn't it? Um, oh, thanks, everyone. Yeah. Um, well, that's so, really thrown me for six. I really thought it was a pedestal. Well, there you go. It is not. I've been say, I think I spell it pedestal. <laughs> I think I've been writing pe- P-E-D-I-S-T-O-O-L. so i put myself on a pedestal and and i now i'm just gonna take myself straight back down i'm gonna give myself a hand or actually i give give myself a shove off right so i was in covent garden i was walking through covent garden and like i was on the pavement and then on the other pavement was like a a group of like four girls right and I'm not good at judging distances at all, so I have no idea. But I want to say 10 meters. Okay. Whatever that means. Think. Away from them. And they were they were waving at me, right? Yeah. So I was like, oh, my oh my God, they're waving at me. Um, and I was like, I'm going to give it a second. I'm just going to get a bit closer because, like, they might not be waving at me. So I got a bit closer. And I was like, no, they really are waving at me and kind of, like, pointing as well. Um, so I took my sunglasses off. So I was like, I'll take my sunglasses off and like engage with my fans and be properly. like, yeah, it is me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> took my sunglasses off and they were still. And I kind of did a little like turn around. Is there anyone behind hair me? Swish, hair swish, hair there's swish. No, there's no one behind me. So I was like, oh my god, like this must be people who recognise me on Instagram. <laughs> so I was like, I know. So I was like, oh my god. So as I got closer, I was like, oh hi, and predictably as predictably as ever this man just walked out from behind me and walked up to these girls this boy and i was like fuck me humbled literally Alex, humbled in you a said second hi. i said hi did they say hi back yeah. i don't know because the world went blank like it just became an absolute blur like i could see stars i just ran in the opposite direction oh no but i really I humbled absolutely humbled i just um, thought like there is no other explanation me. for this me want, alex there's Light, no one behind Instagram me superstar you must have been in my blind spot there's no one behind me i really feel like the blind spot is a cruel cruel trick by nature well, like yes. i think it gets a lot of people into a lot of trouble Motorcyclists, predominantly, yes. Um, Okay, so my awkward, I'm actually going to take us back to the royal family and the death of the Queen again. Um, 
So one of my best friends got married at the weekend. Lucky got married, yes. finally, which was stunning. Gorgeous. gorgeous. She did. It was like the most perfect day. So nice seeing your friends, like, just so fucking happy. Yeah. I was, a, I was an, honestly a mess. Like, she, I just, me and Luck have been through so much together. And like, yeah. she doesn't listen to the podcast, so I could actually just talk absolute trash about her if I wanted. She like <laughs> tells me every time I see her that she doesn't listen to her. I'm like, you don't need to keep saying this. I get it. Um, she said it was too weird. She said she kept talking back to us because she kept thinking she was with both of us. Anyway, oh. I digress. She got married. It was absolutely just the most beautiful wedding just for how happy she was when she got married at home and it was a real like team effort from like her family and neighbors and like they'd all done like bunting and put fairy lights around their trees and like the, the neighbors were all letting people park in their garden in their gardens and it was just like a really like you know it just felt gorgeous like lovely lovely Aww. family situation and her mum is just the nicest most like like lovely woman ever and they're they're, they're catholic Aww. and they're just very like church going lovely human beings and the night before her eldest daughter's wedding first wedding in the family everyone's exciting i was talking to lucky's mom and um we talk about the royal family because it obviously we were worried that the funeral was going to be on the when on the saturday and that the wedding would be affected and she said no nothing like that but the we you can't ring the bells during the time of no, this couldn't ring. You can't ring bells during a time of national mourning. Oh wow! So she had to have silent bells. Oh wow! Muffled okay. bells, which are it's another word for silent bells. Yeah. Stupid bells, in my opinion, is don't understand. But anyway, no bells, right. and that was fine. But then we were talking about the royal family, and then she's like, "Oh well, what do you think about you know what do you think like the nation's feeling is for the monarchy?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know. Like you know, a lot of people who remember the Diana, you know, they don't want." I don't like Charles or whatever. And then she was like, "Well, what about William?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know." <laughs> I was like, "I like him, but you know, all those rumors." And then she was like what rumours? And I was like, why am I doing this? I was like, why, oh have, I, why have I brought us here? Because then I remembered who I was talking to. And she was like, what rumours? And I was like, you know, the pegging ones. And she was like, oh, wait, what? What? Why am I getting ghost silence from everyone? Pegging rumours. Great, now I'm spreading rumours more. Rem peggings. Peggings. Peggings when a woman puts a strap on and does the dude up the bum. Pin Prince William has been pegging. Oh God, Pin I can't Prince. say this now. Dave's like, you, yeah, you, yeah can. you can. You have to. I don't there. know. They're just rumors. It was huge on TikTok a couple of months back. Everybody knows about Wills and the pegging. Not what I was expecting. No. And I don't think it was what Lucky's mum was expecting either. <laughs> but you should have just made something up. I know. Like, yeah, the rumor, uh, I was not thinking on my feet because she was like, what rumors? And I was like, I could have said fucking anything. Oh, you know, he's really into like rap or like, yeah, or um, crochet or like. No, Catholic. He doesn't like sleep would in like bed. That. He likes to sleep on the floor. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He doesn't wear pants. Like, I don't know. Yeah, just like something a little bit yeah, sinister. He goes commando. Yeah. No, I didn't. I just, I, I went, yeah, tit deep. I was just Did like. Did you tell her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she didn't ask what pegging was, was which was alarmed? even weirder. No, well, she just went, she was like, I was like, the, you know, the, the, the pegging stuff. And then she was like, oh. Anyway, we're going to get, she just left. And I was like, right, well. That's fair enough. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely fair so enough. So sorry, yeah. I think they're quite like, I think, yeah, yeah, it was the whole thing. It was the whole thing. So um, I think okay, I probably ruined it. Yeah, 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 no, you're bad. Like, I, I've got one mode. You know, some people have parent modes. Yeah. I don't have it. Like no. this, I'm, I'm, this is me, whoever I'm talking to. Yeah. Which is kind of good and kind of bad. Because um, my mum, I just feel good. over that rumour. 
the Gemini. I should be telling everyone. <laughs> Have you heard? Um, <laughs> but yeah, not everyone's mums know about Prince William and Peggy. Clearly. <laughs> I bet my mum does not know about Prince William and the Pegging. And I hope it stays that way. Um, can I just say along this line, um, one of my Alex's awkwards this morning. Well, not really awkward. I just think it's kind of fun. I just think it's fun that we've confused a Welsh man called Lawrence. Um, but I mentioned earlier that my friend Rory's staying for a bit at the moment. And this morning, Rory was leaving for work at like 7am. So he was in the kitchen making a cup of coffee and Alex was downstairs also making a cup of They were just, you know, they were cracking on with their days this morning. I was not because it was 7am, so I was upstairs. And then Lawrence, the guy, came to fix the washing machine because Mercury's in retrograde, so everything's fucked. And the washing machine was broken and um, <laughs> Lawrence came in. And then Rory was flying back to Ireland tonight. Um, so when he, but he didn't say that as he left, he just went, Rory said to Alex, bye, darling. And they had a nice little hug in the kitchen. And Alex was like, see you next week. And then he was like, okay, love you, bye. <laughs> and then he left. And then as he left, he was like, oh, well, that looks like we're a couple. And then he said to Lawrence, he was like, it's my wife's upstairs. <laughs> and the washing machine guy's kind of been like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> this is a, what do you call it? A polyamorous a situation, a menage a trois. It's a, yeah. It's a word, isn't there, for a three-person relationship. I can't remember what it is. A try something. It sounds like a lot of admin to me. Anyway, Roy just sent me a text about it. Just a thruple. Yeah. Well, I'm in a thruple now, according to Lawrence. If the if the if you Lawrence. hear rumours among the Prince William pegging <laughs> variety that I am in a thruple with two Irish men, then that's what's going on there. Love it. I did spend. He you. might have thought they were brothers, but I think yeah. by darling might have might have thrown them off <laughs> yeah, a little probably. bit. See you next week. Love you. <laughs> Cute, adorable though, very yeah cute. very cute no very it's really cute. nice it's nice to be a flatmate again yeah um yeah i don't know how long it's gonna last but we're just <laughs> <laughs> it's fine yeah, I, i'm a, i'm in a throw i'm in a throuple now i tell you someone at my wedding who i didn't know and that's something for another day came up to me and said congratulations and then rory next to me and said congratulations to him too and i was like this is not the groom <laughs> but maybe that person was onto something and that was my other groom and I just Love didn't it. know it yet. Em's in a throuple, pass it on. <laughs> um, so, our guest today, <laughs> the very gorgeous Jules Von Hepp. Wasn't this, a, this was such a joyful episode, which I knew it would be because he is just, he's, he's just joy. joy. He's joy. He also inspired me to, t- to tan my face. Thanks everyone for noticing. You do look very tanned on the face. Very good. Well done. It's too late. It's too late. It's way too fucking late. <laughs> so just take your empty words and fuck off. Um, but I love Jules. I love him so much. Oh, and this whole episode when we were talking about like getting a soundbite for it, it's just like you can't pick one. I know. everything he says is like, it's like, I want to say like yeah. a mantra, but it's not like a, qu- a click and a twirl. Yeah. Like every time he finishes saying anything and that's not like stereotyping, that's just genuinely the energy that he emits. Totally. <laughs> Literally, I want to absorb like everything he said and I just felt so good about myself afterwards. I, yeah, he just, and every time I, every time I see Jules even on Instagram, I always just think, he's fucking thriving, like living his yeah. best life. I really imagine like little stuff doesn't get him down. Like he yeah. just grabs life and just like drinks red wine and loves his husband and just yeah loves his job and loves his friends and loves his life and his house and he's very good about his like online life being very separate yeah. from his real life and he's just so that. like handsome but and like put together all the time like dress as yeah. well i just think good for you yeah can't relate but good for you <laughs> i know <laughs> i felt so good about myself afterwards then it kind of it dissipated a bit so I'm just gonna keep this keep listening to this episode um because he he actually not just about body stuff as well but just gave some 
really great advice on confidence in general and things like imposter syndrome. It was really cool. I loved him and I'm excited for everyone to listen. Should we let them listen? Yes. (laughs) Thanks for that. (laughs) (laughs) What am I doing? I'm going to go. Anyway, enjoy, Jules. I'm embarrassed that you're here today because I noticed in the last, when we sat down, I was like, look at my pale, hairy little legs. And then Al tried to say that she liked them, which was weird. And now you're here. And I'm like, why didn't I fake? I thought about it last night. I was like, I should fake tan. I, and I didn't really think about I it. And then I was like, did for fuck's sake. apply a bit of Isle of Paradise water last night. I didn't and I should have done. Uh, but not enough. And can I just say, Alex, that this is the best I've ever seen your hands. <laughs> My hands. <laughs> like we have made so much progress over the years haven't we we have haven't we the game changer for my hands absolute game changer the brush the out of paradise little brush what's it called buff, shape and buff, glow shape, shape and, glow. and glow buff brush absolute brush. game changer i enjoy saying buff brush and barrier cream which you have taught me as well that's, yes. in, that's important but this is huge progress because back it? in the day alex Isn't would it? have tan in between fingers all over the knuckles like the whole kit and caboodle really and bad. look here we are Shame free. Thriving. Yeah. <laughs> you do look well. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> nice hands. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, <laughs> oh, the paradise baby. <laughs> I don't have any fake time and I'm really I'm really self-conscious about it all of a sudden. I feel like an idiot. Don't be. I'm going to go home, I'm gonna fix it, I promise. <laughs> don't be. All is good. The real glow comes from within anyway. That's not very good for your marketing. I love that. For your like, no, we always say buy the tan, don't buy the tan, do whatever you need to do to feel more confident. That is so you as well. That is so you, and everything that you like put out on social media, I feel like it's always so positive. But wait, hang on, right? Okay, I said before we started recording that I've got so much to say and ask, I I can't really formulate it. Um, which would have it probably would have been good to like write it all down probably beforehand, but let's take a deep breath, <laughs> think of you in a chakra. Hang on, let me just ground myself. <laughs> She's really going through some stuff today, <laughs> Jules. Hi, greetings. Thank Hi, yeah. you so much for coming on. Fuck, I'm excited. <laughs> you okay? So, I have been in the beauty industry, which sounds so wanky now that I've just said it that. It sounds so wanky. That sounds so wanky, but I don't know how else to say it. I've been in beauty. I've been around beauty. I don't know. I've okay. been beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I have been beautiful for a really long time. No, I've been in beauty for a long time and you have always been one of my favourite, favourite, favourite people also in beauty um, because you're just a ray of sunshine. But I want to go back to the moment that we met. I don't know if you remember. You probably won't. I think I do remember. It was when I was doing like full-time spray tanning. Yes. And you were at Hello. I was at Hello. And it was my first ever spray tan. And I was... Which for a Scouse girl is... Quite a big deal. Yeah. Right? And we bonded over that as well, over being Northern. But I was so scared. And I think part of the reason that I'd never got a spray tan before was I was like just terrified of anyone seeing my body like I just thought I can't I just can't do that I'm uncomfortable um so I just end up with shitty hands as we you know so I remember being so 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 scared and like the first thing I said to you was like like sorry um like I was taking my clothes off and I was like sorry like I'm on a diet at the moment and like I'm just really sorry and you were just like shut up like whatever like, don't be ridiculous and you immediately put me at ease but I remember it so 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 clearly just being like so scared to like show you my body that was my that was my every day it like, was your every day every appo- doing 15 times a day every appointment was somebody apologizing to me about their body and 
when you're doing that day in day out i mean you can be the best spray tanner in the world but if you don't have the chat and you don't have the ability to make somebody feel at ease naked then you're only going to go so far because i think there's this whole cathartic process and also confidence driven process that is a very gentle element of spray tanning because ultimately most people only get naked during a sexual encounter or at the beach when they're when your parts are covered up they mm. are the two main things or maybe in front of a doctor so to yeah. go for an appointment where someone's you're, you're getting naked in front of someone you've never met them before you've got like 20 minutes it's quite full-on um and I think I have a high level of empathy and also I know what it feels like to not feel body confident and in that time I really put my empathy and that emotion of lack of body confidence together to make people feel more at ease in their own skin and I think there's something really liberating about having a spray tan you're you're literally naked with someone yeah. you've never met everything comes off like jewelry comes off deodorant comes off makeup comes off you are bollock bear hair net on yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and so that that process is really I think it's very liberating and I think it's a really secretive magical part of the beauty industry totally I, I, you're right actually because I've always thought of it as quite like undignifying but on the other side it is actually quite liberating but I want to know how I mean so you I mean how many like naked bodies do you think you see through spray tanning must millions. be like, like so, millions like so, so many I want to know how that's informed your body image. And I think actually before we get onto that, if you could just explain, because you've had struggles with your body image starting from a really young age. And I wondered if you could just like explain your your journey with that to anyone listening who doesn't know. So I probably hated my body for about 25 years. Um, I'm 36 now. I never wanted a job in the beauty industry. I trained in fashion. I did fashion at uni, but through school, I was bullied a lot. I was overweight. Um, I didn't like sport. I went to a very competitive boys school. I just placed my whole worth on appearance. I then studied fashion at uni, which obviously is a very aesthetically driven degree, and then fell into the beauty industry. And actually, when I started in the industry, I just... I just hated how I looked. I absolutely hated it. I was struggling with an eating disorder. I definitely was partying too hard. I think my mental health was the lowest of priority within the whole run of the spectrum of what came first. And for me, being thin was the absolute focus. So then, when I, yeah, when I started in the industry, I fell into spray tanning. Somebody said, I think you'd be really good at spray tanning. And I was like, oh God, I don't know. And then I actually fell in love with it because every day somebody was getting naked in front of me. But at the time, I just was literally self-deprecating at home, like really hating every single inch of my body, measuring my genes, constantly weighing myself like twice a day just to make sure the number on the scales was going down. It was a numbers game. And then being exposed to all the nudity, whether it was Victoria's Secret models, runway models, celebrities, or people who weren't in the public eye, the same thing came across, I'm sorry for, insert body part. Mm. And it slowly dawned on me that actually, it's not me that's the problem. There's a national 
epidemic of people hating their bodies and that's not that at the time was not talked about and actually I really think spray tanning saved my body confidence I think being exposed to so much nudity made me think oh everyone's got a little bump that they don't like everyone's got a lump somewhere everyone's got something that knocks their confidence off and actually it was more rare for someone not to apologize I'd remember that more and then I really realized that when a client left the spray tan booth, I actually never remembered any part of their body. Whereas I always thought people would talk about my body. I thought people would say, hasn't he got thin legs? Isn't his arms thin? Have you seen how fat he's got? It was this, that was the dialogue in my head. And then I realized, well, I'm not thinking that about anyone else. So chances are other people aren't. People are just so wrapped up in their own stuff. Um, so yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell, really. We can unpack it more and more, but that's, what led me to that's what kick-started my body confidence journey and I think that journey only started like four years ago and the dialogue still goes in my head I I don't think there is a peak of body confidence that you reach it's interesting what you just said about that I think that's so important like that the spotlight effect where you think that everyone you're overestimating how much focus there is on you and your appearance where in fact people just don't care and they don't remember like you said at the end of the appointment you'd be like oh I I actually can't like picture that body you know because it's just it's not that interesting information that we think it is in our own heads and we really build it up to be like when people won't go to the beach and take their um sarong off or or whatever or won't take their t-shirt off if they're a man because they think people are looking at them and staring and pointing and judging whereas actually like people are way too invested in their own shit, right? And if they are pointing and judging, it says more about them than it does about you. I think as well, when it comes to the body, we have to think actually, what is a human body? It's a combination of our parents' DNA and a reflection of the environment that we're in. Of course, I don't have the body of an athlete or a Jean-Paul Gaultier model because that's not what I do. That's not my lifestyle. I think that never occurred to me. I'm like, why don't I have a body of an athlete? And it's like, because I'm not an athlete. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you're not training like 12 hours a day. Like we're not, that's that's not your job. Your body is just a reflection of you. And actually my body changes all the time. If I'm stressed, I will eat more because I comfort eat. Um, Some people actually lose weight if they're stressed, Mm. but also the same can be said about being happy. The constant changes in our body is just a reflection of our surroundings combined with our DNA and our metabolic rates. But also something that I'm learning now is that age massively plays into this. And I think we can open up the conversation of comparison of why doesn't my body look like insert reference point but self-comparison is happening more and more with time hop and Facebook memories and Mm. you know when you open Instagram sometimes there's that memory right there and you're like oh my god look how thin I am look how thin I am and actually I think that was 15 years ago Jules like get a grip you you're not going to have that body because that's not the place that you were then and this is where you are now yeah, that's really annoying about Instagram doing that. I, re- I get really frustrated. It actually took me like a really big thing because because I'm still so young. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Nothing to apologize <laughs> Thank for. Thank you. Because I'm still in my 20s, 
it hasn't occurred to me that I've aged like at all. Like, because I'm like, I'm, I'm still really young, but then actually like I have, actually we talked about this like as a last time we were all together, but like I have, because it's just, you just do like as you get older, but it's really weird to do it at a time. Like it's always been weird with magazines and stuff, but online with like all the filters and everything, like you're getting older, but then you've got your past faces of yourself, but were they filtered? So were you that in? And it's like, we've got such a distorted view of all the past versions of what we've been even I just I find it very I, I think when I when I think it's one thing the fact that I feel this stuff now but when I'm 50 and we look back it's going to be like what like weird like I think we're going to all have like real identity crises about aging because I don't think we've we even if we have aged we don't show very much do you know I'm not explaining this very well. No, you like, are. Even the I... Paris filter, like that sort of thing. I think we're not, we so we so don't share. I haven't explained it well. I've actually balls it up. Well, filters in general are really warped if you think about it. Yeah. And the fact that society just accepts them. Like, oh yeah, these are great. You can just look younger. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Like, what's wrong with how I am now? Right. Um, and also I think... I definitely was a massive face tuner in my 20s. When Instagram first came in, I was a huge face tuner. I can get rid of, I can ch change my body shape in no time because I literally did it on every single photo. I made myself thinner, took away all the blemishes, made my eyes brighter. And that had a huge negative impact to how I saw my own reflection. Because I was like, why don't I look like that image? Well, because mm. you've augmented that image and you've changed it. And I make a very conscious effort of not filtering my images now and I leave blemishes in and sure, good lighting, what's not to love, mm -hmm. but I'm not gonna sit and put filters on. And if I do, I make a joke out of it. But I think I think filters are incredibly damaging to our self-esteem and our body confidence. And I don't think, I don't think I'd be able to, if I hadn't done spray tanning and I hadn't navigated my 20s the way that I did, I don't know if I'd be able to do it again in the way that it is now. I think it's incredibly difficult. I think it's therefore down to us to not put filters on things and to own the raw image. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Because it does create, those filters does create another standard. It creates another standard of beauty, but I think it's even more sinister because it's you. You are the standard of beauty. 
It's not like you're looking at a different random person thinking, I have to look like them. It's creating another standard of beauty that is you, but also not you. Yeah. And it's entirely like, unattainable. Was it you? Like when you look back at it, it'd be like, was that, was me? that me? What's actually me? Yeah. Like, but it just, weird. it makes, like I, I, I did this post where like I put a filter on... My, like on an image that I really liked. I was like, I, I, I like how I look in this. Like it was no great shakes, like not much makeup, but I just liked it. I don't know. It's just like a cute photo. <laughs> no great shakes. <laughs> and then I put this, I did one of those auto filters on like perfect me or whatever the app is. I shouldn't give it her time. Um, and on that like the five second uh, like glow up that it gives you, like completely changes everything. And then when you go back to the original image, it looks like trash. Trash. It looks dull and like weird, and and you look tired and washed out and pale. And it's so bizarre when you when you get this like shiny new version of yourself. Well, this yeah. links to airbrushing and the old school magazine covers because when I started in the industry I was working backstage on sets with celebrities for magazine shoots cover shoots and for editorials and advertising campaigns yeah so I saw the airbrushing before it was even happening on social media and I remember so clearly there was an advert for a big brand I did uh, the spray tans and the body makeup on the set and I remember seeing the images come up on the on the monitor flash 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 there they were the model was changing Six months later, that model's on the side of a bus. And I was thinking, she didn't bloody look like that on really? the day. Like, no way, that's not her. But then I, what made me sad was my friends would only see that image. They'd only absorb that image of that model. They didn't see what I was seeing, mm. which was almost like behind the curtain of the industry. I was like, this is a massive issue. But then... Actually, when Facetune came out, I remember saying to myself, well, if so-and-so can have her face, her wrinkles removed on the cover of Vogue, then why can't I for my social media? Right. And I think actually, as somebody who is part of that celebrity go-to beauty list, let me tell you, the people doing the hair, the makeup, the tan, the nails, they are the best in the business. So that person is going to look an absolutely amazing version of themselves because they have so many like well-trained experts doing the job. But actually, you don't have that in day to day. I don't have like Val Garland doing my makeup every <laughs> single day. So how can I expect to look like something that she's done, you know, somebody's face that she's done the makeup on? So I think that we have to have this reality checklist in our head because Ultimately, I don't think we're ever going to get rid of filters and we're not going to get rid of people removing their imperfections because the demand will always be there and therefore our business will always serve the need for demand. But I think we have to have the checklist that says what she had, what's been going on there. Okay, yeah. she's had a professional makeup artist, she's had her hair yeah. done. There's probably a team of people doing lighting, incredible cameras but she ain't just going down the road to the supermarket. Like she didn't look like that when she left yeah, the studio. Yeah. We so said let's this. not compare. We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago about the Kardashians. And it was like, we were like, but they've had, and then it was like this pause. It was like, what have they actually had? And it's so, like, I was thinking about it on a, I was trying to explain it to my Alex. So I was like, if I wanted to look like Kim Kardashian, what would I have to do? And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, what, like genuinely, like if I wanted to look like her, what would I have to do? And then I started thinking about it and then I got really panicked because it's like, she must be doing so many, no shade, but she must be doing so many things. And I genuinely wouldn't know where to start. But she also has 
teams of yeah. people getting her ready. But that's right. what I find amazing. Like, and I sit there and I did like, I, uh, when you compare, we, I mean, we, we seem to have been like on a real self detriment path recently, like, yeah. close to trash. Like, <laughs> like and last week we just went on this massive thing about how bad our, we've been in a style rut, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. We're trying to pull ourselves We're getting out. out of it. Also, girls, we're in between seasons. You cannot okay. beat yourself up for style rut now. Thank, thank you, And also, Jules. then we need to do okay. a wardrobe warrior when we're in the middle of the season. That's when yeah. you go through and you're like, okay, I, I haven't worn it I've and you get rid of that. it. Yeah, okay. that's got to go. But anyway, I think between the, the style rut we've been in <laughs> and then Kim Kardashian with the bleached eyebrows and stuff, I was just like, oh my God, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like you'd go to like a facialist and be like, can I have what do you even have it's actually wild how much stuff there is out there i don't think i've ever had a spray tan can i say which is weird oh my god i know ever? no what i know well we need to rectify that yeah, yeah. i think i had one like those automatic ones where you go in and no i do not want to hear about that <laughs> okay. that's like asking for a machine to cut your hair they're ludicrous <laughs> it, was, it was actually one of the worst days ever i guess I, I mine went fine and this is just so unfair this is just like life is so cruel to my sister in terms of jeans like she just got so many like annoying at like she's she she cannot go in the sun like she's like super allergic to the sun which must be so annoying because me and my brother are like hi sun worshippers anyway so we were like we'll get her a spray tan I'll go with her we went for a spray tan one of these automatic ones and then who's allergic to the spray tan oh, no. Katia and she went in and then it was we looked all right for a, a bit I looked fine the whole time but then her face swelled up and it was really it was bad distressing. it was so, I'll show you a photo. <laughs> It's Don't. so bad. <laughs> Everything swelled, and I've never felt more sorry for a person oh. in my life. I was like, we only went there because you wanted a tan for the holiday, Did and now I've come out. Did she look tan? No, 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 she went super red. Oh, she had a shit. really bad lovely reaction. She didn't. Oh, no. no, it was a whole thing. It was oh, really bad. bad. Anyway, so that was my only experience with spray tan. The point I'm trying to make, <laughs> like, I just—it's so much maintenance for for a normal person to do that you wouldn't even know where to start. Even if you could afford all of this stuff, you wouldn't even know where to start looking but for also, it. It's, you don't necessarily know all the different things that can be done. I do. I know all the different things. Right. Yeah. But if you're just on Instagram and you're looking at images coming up, like celebs post pictures of themselves in their normal clothes, but actually they're on a they're on a shoot. Like they're they're posting and they're like just popping out. Like no, you're not. You're, on a, you're in a studio. You've had your makeup done. You're yeah. under lights. Like, let's not yeah. be silly. Well, you the other day when you were taking your nice outfit pick and you stood on the side of the bath. <laughs> you, oh, you, yeah, you're in tragic. the know. <laughs> tragic. I was looking at myself in the mirror like, what the fuck am I doing? See, Alex is the kind of girl you need to compare yourself to. Not Kim Kardashian. <laughs> right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I will take that as a compliment, I think. <laughs> That's my new bio. Yeah. I'm the kind of girl you need to compare yourself to. Not Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Great. That's your next book. <laughs> Just compare yourself to me. Um, okay, well, on that note. Um, but what I find really interesting about what you do as well is that you are one of very few people that talk about male body image and male body confidence, right? I mean, you'll know more because you're in that space, so you'll probably be connected to a lot more people. But I'm I'm in that, this space and I very re I can think of like three people, you included, that actually talk about male body image and, uh, and male body confidence. Whereas I can think of thousands of women. Am I right in thinking that it's a very small pool well, or am I, I think, just not exposed? I think that 
I have a male body, but actually the I think the gender within body confidence issues, that's the real top line discussion here because mm. it's not necessary. A body is a body and mm. how you identify and how you look in the mirror and how the conversation that you have with yourself when you look in the mirror is your conversation, regardless of your body shape or your gender identification. I think that the conversation is definitely much more open within women. Like 98% of my followers are women. Oh, they're going to ask that. Okay. Um, so I definitely, even though I have, I'm in a male body, the conversation that I'm having is predominantly with women because that's something that they identify with. However, I do have conversations with my male friends and particularly my straight male friends, but the, in the male world, it's a lot more introverted and it's a lot more backhanded compliments around, you know, they kind of own their imperfections, but actually I think when you bottle it down, it's still there as an insecurity. The most of the two obvious things I think for men are hair loss and dick size. Like they're mm. the two things that men, that's an instant go-to insecurity if something doesn't feel right. Um, I don't necessarily think it's weight unless it's you're in an area where f jokes are maybe made fun of like a school environment because that happened to me. But I think it's more about how you identify in yourself and if you're comfortable in your own skin. And I actually think women are just more aware than men. I think they're more aware of their feelings, their emotions, um, and also how they are as an individual. I think maybe that's something to do with the magical of the, the magic of the cycle whereas i don't think men have mm. that constant check-in each month of like i just don't think that that's there i think it's just a constant movement um and, and women bear the predominantly bear the burden of beauty standards like that's yeah. undeniable i yeah. guess as well but men but, do but, have like certain men, pressures yeah. like even to be muscly or like I think that yeah. that kind of like that's something that I've always been and I think you're right like they kind of hide it under jokes like <clears throat> if I watch like my brother ex like exchanging with my husband I find them very fascinating they're very different people but I find like their way of communicating just very fascinating even about you know if like, they're on a beach together or in that situation like as if you like bro comments are made about whatever and it's just like not bad comments you know they're not like bullying each other but I just find it very interesting how like m men I don't think and I don't know you'll know more but I, I don't think that men like look forward to the summer I don't think it's like all men are just like you know because women dread the holiday because you're like oh god this, I'm speaking so normatively but you know what I mean yeah. it's kind of an expected thing that like a that we'd be quite like apprehensive about getting in a bikini or whatever and we kind of assume that for men it's like no big deal they like, just take the t-shirt off and yeah crack but insert on, headline but... dad bod yeah like that's right. when you go hell for leather and I think men actually do get incredibly insecure mm. because they have they do the shred and that's a talked about thing where if you're going on stag do's to Ibiza, Vegas, all of that kind of thing in your poolside, then mm. there is an immense amount of pressure there totally. to have yeah. that aesthetic body. Yeah, I don't have a sister, I have a brother and growing up instant comparison trap because wait, we came from the same place. How are we so different? He's very slim, very athletic, doesn't put on weight. So growing up, I just really fell into comparison traps left, right and center. I, in the last four years, have started an exercise regime and a fitness journey that I'm really enjoying. He said to me the last time I saw him, 
I wish I had your arms. It's the first time he's ever said that to me. He's like, I just can't bulk up my arms. And I was like, what? What? This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect you to ever compare your body the other way. But people do. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true about the shred. I think, I don't know. I, I, I wonder, like, have you been exposed to, like, do, do men diet in the same way? Have men dieted in the same way that women? Because we always associate it with our mums. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know, cabbage soup or whatever. But do you, I don't, no, so I don't know why I'm asking I you think, to speak for all men, but. Yeah, yeah the, the voice of yeah. men. Um, no, definitely. I definitely think they do. And I think it's known that obviously beer gives you a beer belly. So men will hold back on the amount of beer that they're drinking. I think also vegan lifestyle, sports. I definitely think it's there, but I mm. don't, it's not. It's almost like a conversation of being anti-thin that they have. They want to be big. They want yeah. to be masculine. They want mm. those big arms, that big chest. Whereas I have the other way. I'm just constantly compared to being thin. So I just think it's how you identify in your own body and your own surroundings. Yeah, it's really weird. Like my Alex like has to eat loads. And I just don't sympathize for it. He gets released. Like, he's like, oh, I just have to eat all these pizzas because I just like, have to. I'm just like, I don't feel sorry for you. Like, My metabolism has been on furlough, I think, <laughs> for like 20 years. I just can look on at a furlough. piece of cake and I'll just put weight on. That is just my it's body. body type. It's just my body yeah. type. But if Alex forgets to eat breakfast, that's it. It's none of his clothes fit. Just hang up. He, just, he has to like sustain. I'm like, oh, yeah. But neither, it, it's not good or bad. It's just as Celine says, the way it is. That's just the <laughs> way it go. is. Yeah. It's just neutral. And then yet we live in a society that like puts negative or positives on it. Yeah. But I always I always think when Dave's with his mates, like the casual way that they discuss each other's bo bodies in a derogatory sense is quite... And I think that's very normal, but it, it is alarming to me because women would never do that to each other yeah you, know, you could like, like go up to a man and like jiggle his tummy and be like oh right, mate. a few beers yeah yeah but Dad if you bod. did that to me i think i'd punch you in the nose like what happened to the wedge shred you know like just think yeah, yeah and there's the element of being able to laugh it off but i think there's also the element that you might not see of when they go home exactly. and they look in the mirror yeah. and then they question that exactly yeah. and then they might make changes from that but yeah. I, so i think you know if think about the men that are around you, brothers, boyfriends, husbands, and just, I think it's always good to just be that open person with men yeah. um, and just have the conversation if it needs to happen because it's not a conversation that they're going to have with their friends. It's not a conversation, they probably won't listen to body, body confidence podcasts or follow body confidence accounts. It's just not really something that they are leaning into. They want to follow loud stuff, sports, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Sports and tits, I think. Sports <laughs> yeah. and tits. didn't naturally come out of my mouth. Sports, yeah, I, think. Sports, I, I, really, I really struggled saying that. <laughs> but I think it's good to be the voice and good yeah. to also be the ears for them. It's true because it's a, it, it's an assault. It feels like an assault on their masculinity, I guess, to admit vulnerability in that way. But men do have eating disorders just as we fight for people to recognize that eating disorders don't have a certain look as in like you don't have to be really thin to have an eating disorder like eating look disorders don't look a certain way but also it can be men with eating disorders as well and I think that gets so overlooked even like I'm guilty of it too like when I think about someone with an eating disorder it's always a woman you know mm. and I actually think Freddie Flintoff did you watch his documentary yeah. that was really brilliant where he opened up about his bulimia and it was quite shocking because I thought it was he was coming at it from a place of like now I'm recovered I'm going to talk about it and he was actually really in the thick of it and I thought that was so important because there there is a 
there are so many men that are just dealing with this quietly and that makes me sad. So I I really like what you do, even though, you know, it's it's the vast majority of people that follow you are women. But I bet there are men, a lot of men who maybe don't even follow you, but just look at your account and are... Just feel and better. And there definitely because... are men that follow me because they they DM. They're very they're not commenters, but they're DMers. Yeah. Um, and also gay men as well because in the gay world, the body chat is savage. Right. It is savage. It right. makes the girl chat around bodies look really easy to navigate. Right. The gay world is, it can be really hardcore. Yeah. And like when I wasn't feeling, you know, when I was really anorexic or. Mm just hating every single inch of how I looked. I just wouldn't go out. I wouldn't go to gay clubs. I'd find it really difficult to meet other men because there is this instant clock up and down if you go to a gay club and you're just being judged to fuck. Like it's so based on aesthetic and actually that can, it is so confidence smashing. I imagine. Like it completely can just tear you apart. But you're like, I have to go to gay bars to meet other gay guys and you go in there you even order a pint you feel judged because they're all on vodka sodas and that's quite difficult in itself so i think i think definitely within the body world the gay area for men is particularly difficult to navigate and i think that's where there's high areas of um body dysmorphia and eating disorders can i ask how you kind of climbed your way out of anorexia did you get professional help or was it something that you managed to navigate by yourself? Um, mainly by myself. I moved to Australia after university, which was a huge help because I was away from everything that I'd known. I changed my norm. Um, and for me, I was just in a completely different day to day. However, I was working in magazines in Australia and it was savage and like my grandma died, I had to come back to the UK. I went back home, back to Australia. And my editor was like, you're looking a bit fat after your trip to the UK, aren't you? I mean, that was in the workplace. I was just like, oh my God. Oh my God. Um, but it helped me changing, being out of my social norm and moving to a different place. That for me helped. Um, then I think I became... I became really obsessed with healthy eating and there's a disorder, I can't remember what it's called. Orthorexia. Orthorexia, 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 which I don't think I realized I had until within the last three years looking back. And that was not necessarily healthy for me, but it definitely changed it up. It was, I was eating rather than weighing myself, but I also stopped weighing myself. Right. That was a massive thing where I, I don't have scales in the house and I try, I just don't weigh myself ever now because I I will not get on the scales because it can just send everything off. Um, and as well, I try to not be so obsessed with numbers, which is something that I don't, I don't think I've started to learn until four years ago. When we launched Isle of Paradise, I really didn't like how I looked. I knew I wanted to create a brand that represented the bodies that I saw in the spray tan booth, but I wasn't there with my own confidence. And it, I think it was only because of Isle of Paradise as well that I started to share my journey online because I thought, well, if I've got a brand that's talking about body confidence, but I'm sat here pulling myself apart at home, that doesn't make sense. So I kind of owe it to myself to to be genuine, 
to the the audience that we're speaking to. But I remember we did a shoot for Isle of Paradise and they said, you know, we, it would have been talked about that maybe I should be shot without my clothes on as part of the shoot. And on the shoot, we never I've never posted the pictures, but I did it and I went into the toilet and just cried. I sobbed and I had no. to leave the shoot. I was like, I want to go home because I just, I feel like I'm not ready, I'm not there. But it was, I had chosen to put myself in that arena and I wanted to make progress, but I just wasn't ready. Um, I also was attacked in a bar um, just before Isle of Paradise launched as well. And I think that it was in a gay bar. And when you get attacked, um, there's a moment where you really have to have a conversation with yourself. And I had a lot of therapy after that because somebody came into my space, violated it, beat the shit out of me in a gay bar and then you think I could have fucking died then so I've got two choices I can either carry on this cycle of going round and round and being horrible to myself or I can just get on the fucking box shout about how fucking great I am and own it because they're the real two doors and that's what I did. I was like, I'm gonna stop being a bitch to myself. I'm gonna be nice to myself. I'm gonna be proud of who I am. And actually the shape of my body and the size of my body is good enough. It's absolutely good enough. I don't need to validate my appearance to anybody. Um, and if you are talking about my appearance when I leave this studio and, or if you've seen it on the cameras online, well, it says more about you than it does about me because the actual, the most important thing is what comes out of my mouth, is my actions, is how I communicate, is how I be in day-to-day -day surroundings, not the number in the back of my fucking clothes, because that doesn't mean anything. And no one's gonna talk about that when I'm dead. No, but they might talk about this outfit because it is very good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, anyone sure. that's speaking shit about this is like, gonna have to take it up with us. It's true though. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people kind of know that rationally, but, making like trying to make that real in your head is really difficult but mm. it is so true like you're gonna leave here today and we'll go wasn't that and then that like that was a great that was such a good interview like he was brilliant you hope that's and, what we and actually we will <laughs> forget what you look like do you know what I mean I, it, that won't be what lasts with me but I think uh, that that <laughs> is my that's what I want everyone to remember that actually your aesthetic is not what people will remember you by. When you are on your deathbed, somebody said this to me, when you're on your deathbed taking your last breath, are you gonna go, oh, God, I'm glad I, I'm glad I didn't eat that, you know, meal. No, are you fuck? You're gonna be like, that was great. I'm gonna remember all the things that I did, all the things that my body allowed me to do. So hold on to that. Don't hold on to this whole preconditioned thing that's about the size of our body, the number in the back of our clothes, how many calories are in the meal, just enjoy life because we're only going to get it once. We're going to blink and it'll be done. And in 200 years, no fucker's going to be talking about me. Do you know what I mean? So why, why am I stressing about who's talking about me now? 100%. It's uh, so true. And, that, and what, like what, you just, have, you just have to sit and wait for all these people to die? Like, or to dis they're not going anywhere. Do you know what I mean? All these people that you build up in your head that you're so scared of, they're not going, they're just going to have to keep coexisting. I really like, I really like your outlook on line because it does feel like, and I don't know if this is actually the case, but it does truly feel like you don't give a fuck about people judging you. 
now. And I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me. So, I don't. But I really believe that when I spend time with you as well, because actually I think sometimes with this like self-love stuff and this body confidence stuff, you can... Um, kind of people can bo- people can put you in a box and they can kind of assume like oh you'll be very like you're in the beauty industry and you'll be very like soft and and oh, and he loves himself and then he must love everyone but actually when you meet you've got this kind of like stridentness to you that's definitely like I really don't give a fuck and I think that's really cool and I I, I also really like seeing that in women who are like totally like I'm great but I'm not going to put up with your shit like just because I'm putting up with my shit doesn't mean I'm going to put up with your shit I think that and comes I love that. from shitty situations trauma yeah. um, not having an easy time navigating all those years of school and early 20s etc etc um, I also think it comes from boundaries it mm. comes from like I say to my if if somebody doesn't make me feel good, am I fuck hanging out with them? What is the point? Like, what are you bringing me? Because I'm bringing you joy and fun <laughs> and laughter. And we're going to have all the lols. But if you're just sucking the life out of me because you don't feel great about yourself, then I'm not getting anything from this situation. And I think, you know, people say to me, how do I, how do I become body confident? How do I be more confident? And this is why I always go back to the real glow comes from within because you can use every highlighter, the best self-tan in the world, the all the different clothes you can want. If you feel like shit on the inside, it shows and you're not really glowing. I think that in order to do that, you have to accept your body for how it is and accept that physically, this is my DNA, this is my surroundings, this is where we're at. I also think you have to notice comparison to other people. Am I comparing to other bodies? Is this, am I falling into comparison traps of stuff that isn't even real, i.e. comparing yourself to Kim Kardashian? But also who is around me? Are people lifting me up or are people trying to pull me down? Because I don't want to hang out with people that are pulling me down. I just want to be lifted up because that's all I'm doing to everybody else. I'm cheering you on just like you're cheering me on then that has a massive knock-on effect to how you feel. Because ultimately, when you leave the house every morning and you shut the door, you need to feel fucking great. So do whatever you need to do to feel amazing. And if that means cutting people out, if it means using the fake tan, if it means dressing the way that I am for just making making yourself feel more confident, great, do it. Because that's what it's all about. I feel so inspired. Oh my god, me too. We don't need to do that. I want like, to punch the air anymore. We're fine. We're Actually, fine. we still do. But like, <laughs> I want to ask how you, because I imagine a lot of people will say to you, like they say to me, because I fake tan all the time, as you know, can't stop, won't stop. Um, a lot of people say to me, yeah, but you you talk about accepting your body. Why can't you like accept that you're a pale person and that you? Why are you tanning? What do you say to people who say that to you? (laughs) I would probably laugh in their face. (laughs) Um, Firstly, it's not about them. It's about me. Um, There's a really cathartic process when you tan. You are alone in front of the mirror, naked, touching your body in a Mm. non-sexual way. So there is this link for me between body confidence and tanning not about the final appearance, but just about the process in itself. I also think that in a world of selfies and taking pictures, if your skin is like wearing makeup, if your skin is looking even and glowy, whatever its tone, whatever shade of tan you choose, 
then you feel more confident. You feel happier when you look at it. But also not everybody tans. That's okay. But for those who do tan, it's like they're, it's just part of a beauty regime. And I personally, yeah. I couldn't live without tan. I just couldn't. My, I just prefer my skin, not in its color, but in its tone. Um, I just prefer it when I'm tanned. Me too. I don't think I could live without it. I don't think I'll ever stop wearing it. I think I'm too lazy. But then I fully moisturise every day, so I don't know why Do I don't. Do you? Yeah, my whole body every day. Then you can defo tan. I yeah, oil. Yeah, if you've got that commitment. I oil tan. and then moisturise every day when I get out of the She's shower. frictionless. My whole body, yeah, I'm like a slug. <laughs> a seal. Um, Getting into bed must be really hard. Just, whoa. <laughs> no, you have to do it in the morning. Because otherwise you just stand there like such a dork. If you do it just before you get into bed, you literally have to just like like spin round in circles to you dry your yourself. So I wash my legs, mm. yeah. Wash my legs and then I oil and moisturize everything. And then sometimes I'll put oil on at nighttime as well. But ugh, life's a bit short for that because you do have to do this stupid spin around the bedroom. But everyone's got their thing. And I yeah. think the beauty industry, as much as we can idealize the fashion side of the beauty industry, there is also this lovely, soft, oh gentle part of the beauty industry that's just yeah. about you and you doing something that makes you feel good. like. Yeah. I don't moisturize my body. I just cannot be bothered. I don't have time. I can't wait for it to sink in. But you do. But it's true. Like fake tan just makes me feel so good. I don't know. Just, it makes it makes me feel like myself, which is obviously ironic because it's not. It's not like but this it makes is me the feel thing. like a glowier, like better version of myself. I don't know. And the thing is, like I know fake tan isn't going to change the world, but if you feel more confident when you're using self tan or any beauty product then it might change the world that you're in. Therefore, it's worth doing. And oh, that's that. something that I would notice as a spray tanner that every week yeah. people would come to me for hope and for this hit of feel good. It was, it became less about the tan and more about A, the feeling of being naked. I would obviously make you just have the best time ever. We'd just loll all the way through. But then you'd be left with this like gorgeous glowing skin. What's not to love? Like what, what, there's nothing to yeah. pull apart there. Yeah. And I really feel like people do this particularly to women, like, and really make you feel like we owe it to feminism or right. to like body confidence or to whatever, to like not need this stuff. You know, people really come and they go, look, I, I really like what you do, but you do this and blah, blah, blah. And people really try and so trick you up. more about them than it does 100%. about you. But yeah. I think it's a very interesting thing. We do hold people to such high standards and anybody that adheres to a beauty standard, like putting fake tan on or wearing makeup or whatever, you'd use that as a means of like disregarding perhaps the fact that they're clever or that they disagree with something else. You know, we're not very good at letting people be nuanced or multidimensional or hypocritical or whatever. And I actually just think like, as long as we do live in this completely image focused world, which we will continue to do so forever, we can still challenge that and be frustrated and annoyed and rage against it, but also conform to it in a way that makes us comfortable. Because if we don't, it's really hard. Like you make your life so hard to, you know, if you yeah. want to do that, but then also, that's fine. If you want but... to do it, do it. If you don't, don't. It's your life. What you're doing behind closed doors really doesn't affect me. People apologize right. so much. And they're like, oh, I can't believe I have, I look, don't look at my tan or I haven't tanned or I'm really sorry. I just don't like tan. I'm like, I couldn't give a shit. I literally don't care. No, like, it's okay no. if you don't tan. It's yeah. so fine. I've got a girl on a team. Um, she works with me on Yantan, which is the knitwear business that I have. And she doesn't tan. And she's like, I feel really bad because half of your career is tanning. And I'm like, 
don't even stress about it. Like, as long as you like who you are, I yeah. really don't care if you tan or not. Like, yeah. it's it's got nothing it to do bad, with me. It would be a like, if you had all the employees, like, you have to tan them on the way in. You can't work yeah. here if you don't do it. <laughs> it's so true, though, because in this, especially in, like, our space, like, the body, confidence, positive, whatever you want to call it, space, there is so much judgment for, like, but not not even just, like, makeup, hair, fake tan, but also bot- inject- injectables and plastic surgery and losing weight. And it's deemed a threat to dismantling beauty standards and, you know, a threat against feminism. But like what I think, what I actually believe is more of a threat to to both of those things is the judgment around it. Because it's like, we are humans, we're complex, we're messy, we're nuanced, living in a very complex, messy, nuanced world. And we just need to survive in it. And we're just doing our best. And like, yeah, the judgment. We had it when we had Nadine Baggett on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and like, the people in the comment and it's always people that have and they always start the comment going I haven't listened to the podcast but and it's just like I really can't help you <laughs> like you won't help yeah. yourself but because you know imply because we talked about ageism with her which actually was super interesting because it's just something that I've just not given an awful lot of thought to um but people were commenting being like well how can you take this from somebody who has had injectables she's had botox or whatever it was and they were all just judging that based on the image as well she you know she didn't say in the clip what she'd had or anything and that hadn't even come up but people completely disregard what a person says because of a, a preconception that they have about them and i think that's something and i wonder if you've seen it in the beauty industry like where people think it's like silly or like it's not to be taken seriously because it's just beauty do you know what I mean like obviously oh yeah beauty yeah. the beauty industry is always taken as like a real fluffy industry yeah but it's, it's really it's, like, it's, it's trivial it's real business you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also think god just imagine the time and energy wasted bitching about what somebody else is doing with their life imagine if you didn't do that with your time if you didn't slag off what someone's doing or invest yourself in Mm. what somebody's doing with their own life and actually use that time elsewhere you'd probably be a lot more productive and you could use that for good like saving kittens or (laughs) yeah (laughs) working in a dog sanctuary or something (laughs) but it's like just and I'm sure people listening to this I'm sure there's not a lot of like hate slingers in this crew but actually it's just not about that vibe and I think for me in the beauty industry there is there are tables of bitchiness and gossiping and I've sat on so many shoots where it literally starts with one person who moans about their thighs or their weight or maybe they've Mm. had a baby and they can't lose the baby weight and the next person goes oh my god I tell you what I don't like about myself and the next person chimes in and I sit there and I'm like this is collective negative manifesting. You are literally, Mm. each of you telling the universe that you hate your body, you hate how you look, you're focusing on the negative and not on the positive. How are you ever going to get out of that space? How are you ever going to move forward if you're just focusing on the bits that make you stuck? What's the point? So I'll either point it out to them, be like, just just want to sidle on in here and say what you're doing is fucked or (laughs) I'll just walk away from it and choosing to walk away from it choosing to ignore it turn your back on it actually I'm the most important person to me right now and how my feelings are so I'll choose to ignore that discussion thank you very much can I ask about imposter syndrome because that's something that you've talked about um and I like the way you approach that so do you 
you have felt imposter syndrome all the time right do you still all the time right okay. yeah not not as much I think when I recognize so imposter syndrome is when the little voice inside your head comes in and says you can't do this you're shit look what they're doing there it's yeah. this the, the negative voice the negative Jiminy Cricket um and I think comparison and imposter syndrome work hand in hand um for me I compare to people like Charlotte Tilbury and Jen Atkin and Jonathan Van Ness because they right. all have beauty brands and yeah. they're all doing their thing. So for me, the trigger will instantly go to that. Yeah. But I also, I have to remind myself that I'm not that person, but imposter syndrome, there's two ways that you can look at it. Yes, it can be viewed in a negative way that it's crippling and it stops you from being productive. But on the other hand, it can be put as a driver to make you work even harder to be your better self I think that imposter syndrome can be really crippling and I understand that from a body point of view where I hated well, I just wouldn't leave the house I'd cancel plans because my imposter syndrome was telling me that I was going to a pool party that everyone would be looking at my body so therefore I wouldn't go but on the other side imposter syndrome if it's put in a work sense mm. I think if you view it as a tool for drive actually can be very beneficial but it's hard imposter syndrome is hard and nobody is part of the conversation with you and yourself and the conversation with you and yourself is the longest conversation you'll ever have with you in your life and actually in those times when imposter syndrome is crippling I really try to remind myself that I need to be my own best friend I need to have my own back in this situation because if I let this inner demon win well we ain't moving forward and do we want to be stuck in this place no so if the conversation and if imposter syndrome happen and a lot of the time it happens to me at the wardrobe and if clothes aren't fitting and I have a wardrobe meltdown and there's clothes everywhere and I just fucking hate everything in that wardrobe and it's we peel it back and it's actually because I'm not feeling good in my body I might be feeling a little bit bloated maybe I haven't worked out but in those situations where imposter syndrome is rife and it's running through you I leave the house or I leave the workplace I put the laptop down because I just think I need to change this up I need to go for a walk I need to do something nourishing for myself and then we'll come back to it tomorrow because right now we're not going in the way that I want this to go. And gain perspective, I guess, as well. Zoom out and be able to gain perspective is so, like... I mean, this is, this is like, imposter syndrome, not to make it all about me, but um, is a big thing for me and what like what was a huge thing for me. Like, during my 10 years at Hello, I never felt like I should be there. I felt like I was a fraud. I felt like I was obsessed with the idea that I wasn't a good enough writer, like I shouldn't be there. And perspective and hindsight is wonderful because I look back now and think, I absolutely deserve to be there. Yeah. And actually, these, these, these negative thoughts actually hindered me in my job and my uh, and my role and it's uh, but then you wouldn't be where you are now yeah if that's they a good hadn't point. hindered you they wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't be on the path that you're on now so actually it's they steered you in the way that you were supposed to go because you could go down the route of why am I not editor I you know I could have been editor if I'd stayed there blah 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 but actually that's not you you yeah. are more than that you are more than that path that you probably created for yourself. Yeah, you could have been editor at Hello, but instead you have to Don't sit here next been. to me <laughs> and do this. Alex, you can do job. anything you want to do. 
You can do anything you want to do. You just have to put your mind to it. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I, I feel like I've turned this into a therapy session but for I myself. But I do get imposter syndrome massively. Yeah. And like, there was a time in where I had to go to Las Vegas with Isle of Paradise and Sephora. And like, that was mm. a position that I never really thought I'd be in. Yeah. And it was, it was our first year of launching. I was in Vegas out of my depth. And I was right. sat at a dinner next to Jen Atkin, next to um, Zana, who's the founder of Milk Makeup. Charlotte Tilbury was at the other end of the table. <laughs> That's a lot. And I was at this table and I was I was in H&M clothes. Like I didn't have any fucking money. They were all designed up to the nines. Everyone's drinking champagne. Everyone knew each other and no one talked to me. And I was just like, oh my God, why am I at this table? I didn't have any of my friends with me. Yeah. I ate, like I tried really hard to talk, but I yeah. didn't have anything... I hadn't done the job long enough, so I didn't have much to talk to them about. Um, and then the next day I had to go and stand on this booth for Isle of Paradise. I just couldn't leave my hotel room. I was freaking out. I was like, I can't, I've, I can't do this. Everyone's Aww. gonna think I'm the fraud. But I had to, I didn't have a choice. I had to go and do it. I had to go stand on that booth. And actually I did it. And Jen Atkin came over and she said, I wanted to talk to you last night, but I didn't get the chance. And it's Aww. so nice. And I've seen her since. And I think it's all in my head. It's all in my head. They've been yeah. there. People have been in this position. I can't yeah. let that stop me. And that was a real turning point for me in imposter syndrome was I could have not left the hotel room. I could have stayed in that hotel room, probably got a bollocking from my business partner the next day for not being on the booth or... I could have just put the pants on and gone. And I'm so glad I did go because it all worked out in the end. Yeah. To finish, it would be so good if you could, what would you say to anyone who's listening who might be struggling with low self-esteem, feeling imposter syndrome or, or feeling like bad about their body? That's a lot, sorry. I've like completely put you, put you on the spot with that. But what would you say to them if you could, if you could talk to them directly, which actually you are doing, so yeah. Well, I think... Everything that you just listed falls under the pillar of confidence. And whether it's confidence in your body, confidence in yourself, confidence in how you are day to day, remember that the ship of confidence in the sea is one big ship and ships don't turn mm. in a day. That wheel has to turn slowly, slowly each time and then the ship will be on the course that you want it to go on. So don't beat yourself up that tomorrow you're not going to wake up and feel the most confident version ever. But remember every little thing that you do that's nice for yourself, that's not negative, that brings positivity into your day to day will have a slow knock on effect to tomorrow. And if you keep doing that, then the whole path shifts. This can be the tiniest thing like writing an a positive affirmation on a post-it and putting it on the mirror. And that's the first thing you see in the morning. Or maybe don't scroll on Instagram just before you go to bed and actually mm. listen to something that makes you feel good or read something that brings you joy or hang out with the people that make you feel alive. Do whatever you need to do to feel happy as long as it's not harming anybody else or yourself. And do that every day, little and often, and then the path will change because I did and it worked for me so it's going to work for you thank you so much that was absolutely stunning and god I feel good about myself now do you I do too I feel great thank you so much Jules oh, you're, you're absolute ray of light we love you should I delete that is part of the ACAST creator network
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.